Good morning and welcome to Music to My Beers. I am Zach Miller with Warren Cluck and we do this every Sunday, 10 to noon. Uh, took a little bit of a break from the Brewers series to go over Warren's Portland trip just recently and now we're back with Brass Elk. You guys are out of Elkhart. We've got Ryan and Jamie in with us this morning and uh, you guys have been around for a couple months now? Yeah, about three months. Yep, three months. Cool. And things are going well. You guys are in the uh, it's it's right on the river in Elkhart in the old like McCarthy's building. That's Correct. Always what yep. I knew it is. Now you're open now, but when were you supposed to open? Part of the reason we've been having all of, all of our local brewer friends in was to catch up with everybody, but also to remind the public that hey, you know, as everything kind of returns to normal, these we're all still open and everybody's still out there. But you weren't supposed to open this year. You were supposed to open earlier. Yeah, no, we were we were planning on uh, March of April of last year, and then you know the world kind of shut down for a while. So you'd be a fool to try to open a bar or restaurant, you know, in April of last year. So, um, I had already started making beer, uh-huh. so, like in February, I started brewing beers and actually the two that I brought are two beers that I made then that have held up. And I, so that's actually why I brought them because these are like a year and a half old. So, and what's the percentage on those? Uh, not strong. I mean, oh, okay. the, I, I brought a Saison and an oatmeal stout. So the Saison is like six and a half percent and the oatmeal stout five and a half, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, so yeah, all, all of uh, the beginning, you know, uh, a- April, May, June last year was well. We're going to wait till next month. Wait till next month, and that they kept going on and on throughout the summer, and then finally it got to be like October, and they're like, you know what? We're just going to wait until spring of next year. Hopefully, a vaccine will be out and. People would feel safer about going out, and at that point, I had five beers in the tanks, and oh, yeah. I ended up dumping three of them, and those two actually held up really well. So, all right, we're, we're gonna, gonna try those. Them. Talk more. And- yeah, we're gonna delve more into exactly you know what what it's like to open a business and or try to during the pandemic, and then uh, then talk more to you guys and, and kind of meet you. This is the first time we've ever met you, boys, so we appreciate you being in for the show yeah, this absolutely. week. Absolutely, uh, we'll be back with more here on Music to My Beers. Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers. On Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. And we're joined by two fellers from Brass Elk in Elkhart, brand new. Open a couple months. We just uh, learned a minute ago you guys were trying to open right as the pandemic was beginning. You had to dump a lot of beer. We're here with Jamie Cross, Ryan Thompson. Ryan, we'll start with you. You're the brewer, and we like to, to talk. Zach and I, are, we're not craft beer experts. We're enthusiasts. Yeah, we know nothing about the yeah. process of, so, of what goes into sure. the drink to our glass. So it's fun to talk to, uh, talk to the guys who actually do the brewing. How old are you? Uh, 43. And when did you get into, like, how did you, how did you come into craft beer? <laughs> um, so, uh, I was like 19 or so, 18, 19. I was going to IUSB and I had a buddy that, uh, was going to school there and I would go and hang out with his, uh, go hang out at his house afterwards here in South Bend. And, um, I noticed his dad was in the kitchen and outside doing something like, what does that smell? What, what is your dad doing? Found out that he was uh, making beer at home and I had no idea that you could even do that. And so I started kind of hanging out with him, watching him and this is 1997, 98. And, um, I ended up, started hanging out with the dad more than the, the dude that I was originally hanging out with. 
and became a home brewer doing that and it was all green i've never done an extract batch before ever because that's what he was doing and that's how i learned and um uh, a few years later, I moved to Chicago and ended up going to Siebel Institute, which is the oldest brewing school in the oh, yeah. country. Yeah, and um, and like begged for a job because there were only three breweries in Chicago at that time. It was like Goose Island, Peace, and Rock Bottom. I think oh, were the only three breweries. <laughs> now there are what forty or something. You yeah. know, yeah. So it was hard and. Uh, I went to the Goose Island Brew Pub and became friends with the brewer there, uh, Will Turner, and um, bugged him. I mean, like once a week coming in, like, hey, do you need help? Blah, blah, blah. And then eventually. Like, Get out of here, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and eventually, six months later, he uh, gave me a call. Like, my assistant brewer left. So I, I do need some help, like a couple days a week. So I did that. And then after a couple years, eventually, there was an opening at the production brewery. And. Uh, Got a job doing that. I started in the lab and then became a shift brewer. And so I was also, I was working at the big production brewery, but also working at the brew pub. So it was pretty cool. I got to like the best of both worlds. I mean, working at like, you know, 300 barrel fermenters to yeah. the 10 barrel thing at the brew pub. And uh, it was really cool. And then eventually I moved to Colorado and I worked at a couple of places out there in New Mexico. And then I moved back to Indiana five years ago. Wow, so you've had like a lot of experience all around the country, and I mean, one of our favorite books, can I bring up the book, or is that like... Yeah, it's the only book you and I have read in the last four years. (laughs) Charlie Papazian? No, it's the uh, the one about bourbon stouts and selling out, the one uh, written by, he's a Chicago staff writer uh, for Chicago Tribune. Yeah, he's the Tribune's beer guy, uh, his name's Josh Knoll, and he wrote a book about how bourbon barrel stout first became a thing, and it it happened right down here at the third floor of the sale building, the back room, where John Hall from Goose Island, and then... The Jim uh, Beam. Yeah, uh, Booker Booker Knoll, and they they met up, and they they, kind of gloss over like we got really drunk and had a party it was more like we were enjoying ourselves and they had an idea and then it unfolded from there we're gonna goose island did you hate when a prop day would roll around and was like yo you got tickets you got the hookup uh yeah no and i don't anymore it's <laughs> it, at last time i worked there was like 2009 so All right, I, okay i really don't know many people that still work there funny story about that to add on to what you were talking about about the whole bourbon county thing yeah so in 1992 they did that beer and they sent it to great american beer festival and there wasn't of barrel age category then because that didn't exist they sent it in the imperial stout category and all the notes of you know from the judges were like uh it's too bourbony too boozy blah 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 but every single one of them at the bottom their comments were like this might be the best beer i've ever had it got thrown out immediately because it didn't fit the style the category but every single one of them was like this might be the best beer i've ever had like this is the coolest thing ever so we actually had that like framed in the brew house that's awesome yeah so that That was kind of cool Wow, we're here with Ryan Thompson of the Brass Elk, and uh, Jamie will talk to you in just a second. We're kind of going to meet you guys as this show uh, wears on today. So at what point, Ryan, were you like, I know enough now, and I've, or I don't know enough now, I don't know any better. Are you like, I'm going to start my own, my own place? Because that's a huge financial risk, but it's also, that's your time, your livelihood, and everything else. Like, it's, that's a big undertaking. So at what point were you like, 
All right, let's let's do this. Well, the the, the last place I worked in Colorado, uh, I helped him build. It was a place called Twelve Degree Brewing, which was an all Belgian beer place. And I kind of that was the only place that I actually helped from the ground floor, like bringing tanks in and like setting everything up, learning where he got everything, um, all of that. And I don't know, maybe I got kind of a big head from that. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And so the idea was to move back and my cousin and I started hydraulic ale works, which is in the same building. And, uh, for multiple reasons, it didn't, it didn't go well. And, uh, it went under. And then uh, a few months later, my cousin contacted me. I was like, well, look like this place is perfect. You know, we have a good brewer. We, I'm thinking about reopening and rebranding. So I'm no longer like an owner. I'm just the brewer, which is fine with me. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's way less stress. Takes so, all the headaches in for you. Yeah. So, and it's fine. So it's the same building, like the same equipment, everything. So, um, that became a lot easier. So, um, as far as opening a place, I mean, yeah, it's hard, man. I mean, it's really yeah. hard. I mean, no you're, kidding. That's why not everybody does you're it. You're a restaurant, especially a brew pub. I mean, you're a restaurant and a brewery, so you're like production, and then also, you know, just the the restaurants are hard. So well, it, I mean, it, you could make a good beer or a great beer, but then you throw in all the aspects, and I know we'll talk to Jamie here in a second about running a place, and then you have to bring food into the mix. And as you guys know, in a you know twenty twenty one, you can't have amazing beer, no food, or amazing. I mean, it, you got to provide a whole experience for people and that's a lot because you know if you're great at brewing beer i i don't doing all the rest of the stuff's tough yeah and i mean you can do it you just you have to it's there are so many things involved i mean the right place uh you know you could just do beer and then have food trucks but who are these food trucks you know like yeah. you know it's it it all depends and well, a lot of times it just a, takes time it uh, takes the, it yeah. takes like six months for people to catch on or a year for people to catch on and then on you have to, employees to management suddenly right. you're a personnel manager and that's you know that's why a lot of people just are like you know what i'm gonna just go into business by myself in elkhart yeah. <laughs> myself but uh we're here just uh, music to my beers on real rock 103 down the bear we're talking to jamie and ryan from the brass elk but uh, really quick, tell us about this beer because we just poured this out of the uh, the growler you brought over from Elkhart. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Selmer Saison is the name of it, and that's based from the Selmer Company. Which, if you know anything about history of Elkhart, that was a gigantic. Uh, Elkhart was a very big in the brass. Uh, as far as instruments go, so like Louis that's Armstrong. why there's that trumpet over there on 19 near Hively. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. like Louis Armstrong, <laughs> El- Elkhart actually has like a really interesting history because uh, the first industry was brass instruments, and then uh, Miles came in, and uh, which later became Bear, which was like pharmaceuticals, and then of course we all know about the RV industry. So what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they one or two RV companies. A lot over of stuff there. to be proud of, and, but, and great beer coming out too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, between us, Yakida, Wedgwood, it's it's pretty fun. So, um, but uh, uh, so summer saison, it's uh, a French saison. Um, saisons kind of come from the their farmhouse beer from the French Belgian border, and uh, uh, in the past I've done a blend of French and Belgian yeast. This one's just straight French yeast and That's again it's mm-hmm. it's a year and a half old it's i mean fantastic. this is one of them that did not get dumped so i was pretty happy thankful for that. that because it turned out really good mm-hmm. um 
after you had brewed it back in February at the right before the pandemic hit. Basically, you guys were planning on opening last year, and then obviously due to those reasons, you can almost taste the innocence of not yeah. being through what we knew was, was coming. <laughs> now uh, we're going to meet Jamie Cross. Jamie, you're the the general manager of the Brass Elk over in Elkhart. How did you uh, come to cross paths with uh, Ryan and the rest of the crew? Well, through. Uh, an old high school acquaintance that uh, has investment in our endeavor. I was approached due to uh, some things that didn't work out with the team prior. Uh, I was kind of approached. I've had my own restaurant in the area and been running restaurants in the area for some time uh, since 2006 in this area, I suppose. So they came to me. uh, And as you mentioned before, you know, anyone can start a brewery, um, but our facility just screams full service restaurant right we're right on the terrace had a lot of uh personal touches put into the place our owner primary owner shane dyer architect by trade did a great job with the building and just really beautified it made it a central uh focal point in the downtown elkhart area but the square footage so you know we we probably couldn't pay the bills with just brewing beer so we had to add uh to the business plan you know uh, a, a total package like you were talking about an experience yeah um, mm-hmm. which starts with hospitality and then you have to make sure that you've got a good kitchen staff which is very challenging right now we had to unfortunately went through a couple chefs to get to our chef that we have right now uh mike horvath uh he's formerly from LaSalle grill and i myself Ooh. spent a lot of time I'm working for Mark McDonald at LaSalle Grill. Um, and we've reined him in. Now he's on our team uh, moving forward. Uh, he brings an element to the menu that not a lot of chefs can. We're both from fine dining backgrounds, you know. Yeah. But in my experience, uh, since the recession, that's when I shut my restaurant down. It's just our business has just never come back in the fine dining arena. It just really hasn't. Mm. Some places are surviving uh, as occasion places where you celebrate anniversaries, birthdays, things of that nature. But going it seems out like, yeah, and it seems like there's money on wines and there's and been big a bigger steaks. a huge push for like rustic farm to table local ingredients and uh, especially like there's a certain kind of food that pairs with craft beer so when you guys were approaching like designing a menu and coming up with things what kind of food like what were you looking at as, as thinking you know this is going to be it this is it right here this sure well you know we're a tavern so we want elevated tavern food and that to me is the funnest stuff to play with because we're still a scratch kitchen mm-hmm. uh, we're not pulling much out of the freezer um and you can really elevate a lot of everyday food that we all like that we grew up with. You can make plays on it, diners, dives, and drive-ins type, you know, concept to it. Yeah. Take everyday food and elevate it with great products. And yeah, we work a lot with our local farmers as well. Right now, we're working with a couple different farms for fresh produce, running different features. Got beautiful heirloom tomatoes on the menu. But you know, we really focused it around handheld sandwiches and that price point and the value that comes with that is kind of how we built our menu but now we've got mike and got a lot of talent in the kitchen so we want to exercise that as well so we we moved uh, into having an entree section and some fresh salads and our appetizers rock uh, very creative in that area of the menu so yeah we're trying to create we got probably about a 25 dollars guest check average uh, which is uh, very doable in these days and in the times that we face right now and i think that's one reason why we are successful because we brought the hospitality aspect of it which is good food good service paying attention to your guests and with the equation of the great brewed beer our full um full service bar as well we've got a great cocktail list 
uh, Larray, our bar manager, does a great job with that. So we've kind of taken all the ingredients that we know how to do as a team and kind of just smashed them all together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, really, it's really funny, too. You bring that up. We're here with Ryan Thompson and Jamie Cross with the Brass Elk in Elkhart. You know, we talking about your average guest check of about 25 bucks. Yes, yeah, I even hate to admit this. I didn't think there's like nine things I didn't know about the bar, restaurant, hospitality industry until I started getting sucked into like hungover weekend marathons of bar rescue. But you also need to take into account like what the average income is in the area. Like who's your gonna, who's going to be your customer? How many of those people are around here? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff. So coming up with something that you know is affordable for everybody, but also is uh, we used to call it prohibitive pricing. Uh-huh. Some of the bars I used to frequent back in my 20s, there were kind of some rough spots. But then you start making a couple more dollars, you're like, oh, this place is charges this much for beer, so the people who are in for the 99-cent bucket night aren't aren't there <laughs> no, causing trouble. So it, uh, just, it makes you appreciate how much work and science, really, and data goes into getting a place off the ground. And now, a thinly veiled reason to talk about more alcohol. Let's take our beers to the movie with Music to My Beers B-Movie. And we've reached the point in the program where it's time to pair some of these beers with movies in a rating system from one being the very best movie that you saw to uh, 12 beers being an absolute drain pour of a movie in this week's B-Movie. The B-Movie. And Zach's going to go first because you picked the movie this week. Because I know. Because uh, Snake Eyes came out in theaters this past Friday, and I'm like, oh, you know, we should do G.I. Joe, the original, even though a handful of people in this room, anybody seen it? Uh, the original? The original. Yeah. Joe? You saw yeah, it? Like, no. Okay, so Ryan's seen it. Jamie, no. No. Not a movie guy. Warren, have you seen it? No, because I was an uppity G.I. Joe snob about it, but we can get to that in a minute. Okay, well, I like Channing Tatum. I think that he's pretty awesome, uh, but I have still never seen this movie. Um, so I don't I don't really know uh, what it's about. I know that G.I. Joes were kind of like the elite forces of the U.S. military, and then you know they go in. They're, they're like the SWAT team, right, when it comes to... I, I didn't watch G.I. Joe even as a kid. Uh, they, were ba- they basically started as like uh, something for, like a, not a doll, but like an action figure for boys to play with. Yeah, they used to be like, oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, they used oh, to be a foot tall. An actual branch of the military And then yeah. military over service. time, okay. Hasbro was like, we could turn these into a toy, make a zillion dollars off of this and make it its own thing. There was a cartoon. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, back oh. when it was cool and okay for little boys to pretend like yeah. they were shooting guns. It's like pre- yeah. preparation was half the so battle. So the dolls came first? Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir, I believe yeah. so. Okay, so if it's based a movie based on a doll, I'm probably going to need several to get me through this movie. Um, I'm going to go with a full four-pack, and really this will probably equate to a 12, of uh, the Straight Jacket from Revolution Brewing Company out of Chicago. Uh, I believe that clocks in at pretty 13.1, so I'll be doing all right by, wow. the, by the end of this movie. Okay. All right. I, uh, you know, every kid has like their toy when you're a kid. G.I. Joe's were my, my my absolute toy. They were the toy of all my friends of my little neighborhood growing up. And uh, down the street from me, one of my best friends at the time, Barrett Noggle's parents bought him, his grandparents bought him the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, oh. which is like the big several hundred dollar like King Kong. It was six feet long, took an entire day to assemble. You could have all the G.I. Joe's on it. So this kid overnight became the most popular kid in the neighborhood because we were all like, all right, we're oh, going yeah. out to play the aircraft carrier. I, I'm sorry. Did you say Barrett Noggle? Yeah. Okay. 
my good friend that I played G.I. Joe's with uh, when I was a kid, his name was Matt Noggle. So, not a very common name, but... Uh, yeah, that's really weird. Noggle brothers or cousins or something. No, I, 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 don't, I don't think they are, but... I grew up, I mean, I, well, I grew up in, in Hickory Corners, Michigan, which isn't too far from okay. here, so it's possible. But the, they have one grand, one set of grandparents doling out aircraft carriers to all the kids, <laughs> and man, they must have been doing pretty well for themselves. But I loved the toys growing up, man. I collected them. I had all of them. I had all the vehicles. And uh, so when the movie came out, it was 2009. I was a little bit too old for it, but I was like, you know what? It's not going to be as good as, as I remember my imagination being. I took over my, my sister's Little Tykes dollhouse because it made an excellent army for it. And uh, then you get that age where like you take the screw off the back of the character and take the screw off this one and replace the body parts and build your own custom G.I. Joes. <laughs> Yada yada yada. Didn't have sex till I moved out of the house. So <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to give this one like shocking. But yeah, uh, I know. I'm going to give it. Uh, I'll give it six out of uh, a twelve pack of Revolutions Hero series. Uh, just because I'm going to. If I'm going to watch it, it's going to probably ruin a little bit of my childhood. I remember cutting off UPC symbols and sending them in because you could get the character Jinx, but it was a mail order cat like character. They didn't sell it at a store, so you had to collect the UPCs and send them in. So it was a pretty great part of my childhood. I don't want ruined by Channing Tatum. So I'll say hey, six. Channing Tatum's like the, the coolest guy ever. He plays Duke in the movie, right? He, he was yeah. in a Tarantino movie, Hateful Eight. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, Magic Mike was a great time. That's yeah. a fun movie. And he was great, and this is the end. That's true. You no, know, yeah. the, the, the Jump Street movies, too, wasn't he? In those, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we can't hit on Channing Jump Tatum. Street. Yeah, I'm all right with him. I think this was early enough in Channing Tatum's rise to like super fame where he... He's he probably a pretty face with a yeah. sweet body. Well, he probably wouldn't do a G.I. Joe movie now, but... Right. <laughs> uh, all right, now that you know kind of how B-movie segment works, and by the way, guys, this is a great chance for brewers to promote their own beer, so like, give it a rating, which really doesn't matter, but use it as a chance to plug your own beer. Okay, well... Um so yeah, I, I was a big GI Joe kid too. I mean, growing up in you know the '80s and stuff, uh, I remember the cartoon, watching that, and uh, I had a sandbox and make like a big castle for whatever with oh, them, yeah. and I'd like bury them and have them underground all winter, and then dig them up in the you know in the <laughs> spring or whatever. Um, I do remember watching that movie. I th- may have been under the influence of a few beers or. Herbal jazz cigarettes or whatever. The devil's uh, lettuce. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember it really well. Was the Rock in it? He he probably would. Seems been in like it. a he, Rock he movie. He would be GI like, Joe then, wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> He'd be a I, pretty not movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but so I, I, I'm actually going to go. Uh, I know you said promote my own beer, but mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go a different route. Uh, a beer that uh, kind of inspired me that I love. That's really hard harder to find. You can get it in Chicago, but uh, a six pack of Trumer Pills. That's Ooh. that's going to be my beer. That. Uh, I think I could watch that movie with the six pack of that. Get it at Benny's? I believe so. Okay. I'm, I'm sure. Because if yeah. it's not at Benny's, it's, it's not worth drinking, right? Right. 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 <laughs> so well, I, that was actually my first job when I moved to Chicago, was at a Benny's. Dude. So, so you better Yeah. Jealous. And you know, it's great. Uh, this is off topic. I'm no, sorry. Right. But, no, go for but it. But like, uh, like, you know, when I, when I started working there, it was in 2000. And, uh, like the sour beer thing hadn't taken off, so I mean you could find like bottles of Cantillon like on the shelf there, you know, and I would I would buy them and take them home. And do you kick yourself like, now? No, you probably could have feathered a nice retirement nest with those maybe bottles. Maybe so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah take like I drank literally yeah. tens of thousands of dollars of beers back yeah, in the day. And like now you have to know somebody or murder somebody to <laughs> yeah. get, get Cantillon. 
Uh, all right, so Jamie uh, Cross, the GM of Brass Elk Brewing in Elkhart. Now that you've seen how the B movie works, yeah, yeah, uh, take a swing at it. it. Well, I don't know. Commercially, I don't know that I really. I knew what GI Joe was, but you know, we we were poor farmers growing up, so we we would make our own things. We had the little green army men. We probably called them GI Joe. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember those. Uh, I didn't see the movie, um, but I think you know, just about anything in life's going to go great with. Uh, a growler a wall hanger ipa from brass oak brewing and the trick for me probably with that movie if i did watch it was to make sure that i had it finished before i was halfway through so i could stand the rest of the movie probably <laughs> but i'm sure there's lots of action and blowing up and shooting and things that little boys like and young adults probably as well and now we get to check out the rise of Cobra. But nice job, boys. You did perfect work. Hey, hey. Thanks. Yeah. I'll tell you where we're at, too. And we are everywhere on Facebook. Um, if you guys aren't a part of it yet, we're, we've got this Music to My Beers Facebook group. You should totally join. And um, then you can join and, and see what everybody else is drinking around town or what people bring back for a haul. Um, that's super cool. All you got to do is search for Music to My Beers. And then you're going to see one of the questions on there is, uh, what would you rate the B-movie Beer Fest? Have you guys seen Beer Fest yeah. at all? Yeah. It's oh, like the old, old movie? Yeah, Beer like Fest? from back in yeah, early, like late 2000s? 2006 or something. Oh, no, I'm thinking even before that. Yeah. There was something. And uh, we're also on Instagram. That's where you can find our Beer Shirt Thursdays. We're on Twitter. Warren does a really great job of posting where where we're at, what we're doing on, on Twitter, keeping up with the, the tweet tweeters. Thanks, buddy. I, I'm just not a Twitter guy, I'll be honest with you, but you do a fantastic job. Yep, huge loser over here. No. Nothing better no. to do. <laughs> um, and we're also on, uh, we're podcasted every Monday. You can find the episode right after lunch. And uh, so you guys, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us at uh, Music to My Beers. And you, what about you guys? Where are you guys online? We're at uh, Brass Elk Brewing, I-N-G, brewing.com. Okay. Cool. You guys are on social Facebook, social media, Facebook, Instagram. I think Facebook is how we set this all up because I was like, I got it. Yeah. Do we even do there. Twitter? Uh, not too much. Yeah. No, not okay. not too much with Twitter. And we found that of all the breweries we've had, and if there's one social media they tend not to do, it's Twitter for whatever reason. Uh, really quick though, it's, as long as we got you here, um, what about what do you guys think about Untapped? Because about half the people we have in here love it. Half the people we have in here think it's the the work of the the devil. Uh, I'll cover it. Uh, I, I think it's a great app. Ryan or, is the or, brewer, so here we go. Yeah, I, I think it's a great app or whatever to like find breweries. Uh, a friend of mine named Jonathan Surratt started a, a, um, a website like 2005 or 2004 or something called beermapping.com. Okay. And that was okay. like the original... Um, you know that sort of thing where you can like find it was a map of whatever i mean uh, a state or a city and you could find whether it was a brewery a, a, a beer bar a homebrew shop whatever and so for untapped for that sort of thing i think it's great um as far as reviews i could care less like yeah people, that's the predominant feeling we've um, gotten. It, like if somebody is not like a trained judge or whatever i could care less like as far as that's great if you like it. If you don't, that's too bad, but I don't care. You know, um, you know like, give you a, for instance, I saw, I saw a review on untapped and it was uh, a Vienna lager and their comment was it's too Vienna lagery. 
like what the hell does that mean right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's what it's supposed yeah, to be so I guess like, yeah. it's so, you know or it's like well this you know um, say this brown ale uh, ugh, I didn't like it two out of five stars or whatever their rating is I don't like and, brown ales yeah right? but I, I don't like brown ales like well then why are you reviewing it like I don't right you know I don't know so I don't care okay no I ask you know? that's, that's cool it's one of the funnier things to have all these as the brewer uh, I don't yeah all the uh, all the brewery people come in and talk about it is that you know some people don't care some people think it's great other people think it's the worst thing that's ever happened to craft beer because you've you've roped it it's like Movie reviews on the internet, like you know, how are you qualified to watch this? Like your favorite movies, Weekend at Bernie's too. Right, right, yeah, and I yeah, I look at the same way as like Yelp too, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just I had to wait twelve minutes for those tacos. I'm like, well, yeah, was the place busy? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> twelve minutes. You know, like I mean, it was like made to order. You know, it's not fast food, and you had to wait twelve or fifteen minutes. That's that's a restaurant. So, no. are you guys on Untapped at all? Like, have personal accounts or anything we like don't, that? No, okay. no. All right, but I know Brass Elk is on Untapped. I'm obviously, sure to find is. you guys yeah. And, yeah. and and to be able to rate the brews and stuff like that. All right, we're going to wrap up this hour and call it a day, and then move on to hour two. We're going to crack open another beer. We're very excited about. I mean, they're growlers, man. They're not going to drink themselves. Our favorite part of the show. It's time to split one to kick off the second hour. We've already tried an amazing beer from uh, Brass Elk Brewing and Elkhart. We're welcoming in Ryan Thompson, brewer, Jamie Cross, general manager, and uh, this is the first time we've all hung out together. So, boys, thanks for coming in and yeah, uh, making time for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, tell us about this beer because you said these were two beers that you brewed just as the pandemic hit. These are the ones; these are the last ones from that are living from that era when they were brewed with the optimism <laughs> of a bright future. You're about to open, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah this was made in February of 2020. Uh, it's an oatmeal stout called Full Rack Oatmeal Stout. Um, it's just pretty easy drinking, a lighter body stout. Um, hold up, I think really well and uh pretty pretty happy with it i mean for being a year and a half old and yeah it's well and it's kind of light on the palate too yeah like it's it's really kind of nice easy drinker especially for like the summertime me and him like we're like stouts during the summer are not usually like our go-to but this one actually has kind of a a nice nice enough body that it goes down just as easy as like any miller or anything barely viscous at all goes it's that's probably the number one comment i get about it is how uh, drinkable it is yeah Yeah, it's refreshing that's the one turn off about stouts for me in the summertime is that you get that thick like throat coat like Mm -mm. ah you need like something to wash your mouth after with but something like this a little bit thinner uh very refreshing yeah get down on it a little bit in the summertime without that whole like well this is going to taste like this for the rest of the day sure and uh interesting thing too i hadn't made an oatmeal stout since i worked at goose island so that was 2009 or so so i kind of went on a limb (laughs) i was like oh screw it i'll do it and uh i was really happy with it so yeah Yeah, just tried it we just did a nice feature we had these giant brontosaurus uh short ribs with the mezcal barbecue and i paired it with that and it it went real well delicious yeah now sounds delicious now is it is it you get the beer first decide what's going to pair it later or you're like hey i got this really great dish we need to coming down the pipe we need a a beer that's going to go with it well 
I made the beer ahead of time, so yeah. and they they're in the kitchen. They Usually, were, we're tasking back in the kitchen, actually utilizing the product in food to create that bridge, a mm-hmm. gastronomy bridge. So yeah, of course, he brews it, and then we try and match it. And we do have a beer dinner coming up. Maybe I'm being a little premature about talking about it, but it's going to be a ticketed event. So I had to make a little plug there for it. Yeah, and we've got uh, news and notes later in the show too. So I want you to tell me all about that beer dinner too. And people come to this is. show for local craft beer gossip that can't get anywhere else so we appreciate spilling the beans a little bit sure. <laughs> raises our profile a bit now ryan uh you're you're doing all the brewing over at uh, the brass elk brewing now tell us if you had to pick the style you're strongest at because i know there are breweries that specialize in ipas there are you know stout houses there are places that are you know big into barrel aging farmhouse uh you know f- uh, freak type stuff what's your favorite like what's the one you enjoy doing the most that you're the biggest fan of I'll give you my four most influential beers. All right. Yeah, let's do that. And then you can figure it out from there, or the listener can. So, um, Orval would definitely be one. It's Trappist Brewery in Belgium. Uh, It's fantastic. Uh, Duval, which is the gold standard of... Belgian Golden Strong. I'm seeing it. Do they make Golden Drock? Well, uh, I'm going to veer off that. All right. Do they make Golden Drock? Yes? Yes. No? Yeah. Okay. No, no, they don't. No. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Um, I don't think they... No, I think it's just doable. That okay. Do. <laughs> um, which, yeah. Uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Okay. Uh, just the gold standard of, like, American Pale Ale. And then I would have to put Anchor Steam in there just because what Fritz Maytag did for craft beer... You know, took over a defunct brewery in 1965, and I mean, he's the first guy that was like dry hopping beers. He did a barley wine. Nobody in the United States was doing a barley wine, and Whoa. like Anchor Steam, that beer was like the driving force and the money maker for them. And I mean, he he has a ton to do uh, between him and Jack McAuliffe, who had a New Albion Brewery. I mean, they, they it's because of them that I get to do what I do for a living. So. I'm so I'm detecting that there's like hazies probably aren't your favorite, no. and some of the some of the newer styles. <laughs> yeah, we we could totally get into that, but I don't know if we have time. But pastry stouts, things no. like that. No. no, it's all right. I mean, we've we've met people over the years because we've been doing the show for five six years now. People who are um, who are all about it, like that's they're like this is what I'm passionate about. But we've met a lot of people too that you know from a brewing standpoint are like. I'm not in. I'm into doing, you know, the original, the OG kind of like these classic, clean, yeah, and um, and and not, you know, whatever the, the current fangled thing is. And uh, it either either way is cool with us. Like, you know, we'll drink whatever, man. But it's it's just fun to hear people's story and opinion because you sure. know some people don't they don't want to put it out there or whatever. But it that, that's totally cool. I'll, I'll I'll just say this about like hazy beers and like New England IPAs. Um, I'll try to make this as short as possible. Uh, my feelings about that are, you know, when judging a beer, at least the way it always used to be, was you had four major things that you were looking at. It was aroma, taste, obviously, mouthfeel, and then appearance. And when, like, the hazies came out, like, I'm not really talking about, like, uh, the Alchemist and, like, what they're... Like, Hetty Topper is hazy, but it looks like 
a hazy beer, kind of like a like Hefeweizen does. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Okay, you it's know just what I mean. Light haze, like, yeah, like that chill haze. Yeah, or like Hill, Hill Farmstead in Vermont. There, mm-hmm. I think the story like, with the Alchemist was they told you with Hetty they didn't want you. They want you to drink it out of the can. Because yes, because they, they didn't want, want to, you to see it. Yeah, which, yeah. which you should always pour it into a glass. So yeah. that's like BS. Like when they put that <laughs> on there, marketing. Like thing. yeah, and like I get it, but but I think you know it's BS. But I think they did that back in the day because to the uneducated beer consumer, like that might be an unsettling thing to see. Like what is all this? Sediment and it stuff. It looks like milky right. kind of. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, say 15 years ago, I worked at a brewery and a home brewer would come in and they're like, hey, like, try, try my beer. Like, okay, cool. And I would always try it after they left and then yeah. open it. And if I poured it and we'd have some that looked like what New England IPAs look like now, it was like, I'm pouring this down the drain because yeah. I don't enjoy diarrhea. And you know? you've been, you've been at the craft and, beer scene long enough where you've seen there be, you know, you've been at it since before Hazy was even, you know, sure. a glimmer in its parents' eye, but you've watched this thing. Is it shocked you how quickly that became a thing? Because when this show first started six years ago, it was barely a thing. It was like Treehouse, The Alchemist, and a handful of other East Coast places. And now, it's literally everywhere. Right. I mean, Budweiser makes a hazy. Yeah, Sam Adams <laughs> makes a hazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, beer trends come and go. Uh, this might stick around longer than I personally would like it to. That's fine. But so kind of what I was getting back to with like the four things, you know, um, aroma, flavor, taste, and appearance with like the New England IPAs and the stuff that people are doing after the Alchemist or out after like Hill Farmstead it was apparent that like oh appearance doesn't matter anymore mm. like it throw like, it out now yeah like judging. i i uh, a friend of mine posted a picture on one of the social media things of uh, a kolsch from wherever they're from you know they're from the new england area and um it was like chunky and like and he actually he's ballsier than i am i i wouldn't say anything to the brewer or whatever and he brought it up and they're like well it's a hazy kolsch and i was like well uh, that, that doesn't uh, exist <laughs> but like hazy ipas weren't a thing either you right, know right. like so you know and then that just led to like I think like the slushy beers. I was just going to ask. I think are complete garbage. Beers, like, yeah. Smoothies, smoothies, yeah, fruit I, I bombs, just, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't make them. Uh, fortunately, I work at a place where they're not pressuring me to make them. Um, I, w- I wouldn't make a smoothie beer for sure. Like if that was brought up, I would that night probably be looking for a different job. Wow. Like, all right. Just, is, that, is that against it? That's that's a hill I'm willing to die on. All right. Know? Cool. Cool. <laughs> and now the time has come for us to get our staff picks out for you. So you know what we would throw in to the six pack together. Um, one that I'll, I'll start off here as uh, as I put in one. Warren's going to put in one. And Jamie and Ryan from Brass Elk are going to put in two beers. The one that I tried uh, this past Friday... I want to say it's called Vallejo, but it might be Vallejo from or Vallejo. Speaking of uh, Chicago area, you worked in Chicago when there were like three breweries to go around. Half Acre uh, Brewery is now out of Chicago. They they distribute over here. It's one from them. It's an India Pale Ale. Um, pretty pretty uh, standard IPA. Not too crazy. Um, nice coloration. What do you think of that? That's probably chill haze, right? Yeah, that yeah. looks that looks approachable and great. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever judged a beer contest, Ryan? Yeah, yeah I okay. have. Yeah, I've judged. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Have you done the Boys and Girls Club uh, beer fest or no. anything like that? No. no. Okay. 
because they that doesn't they, sound the boys and girls club beer fest they, that sound, there's yeah. a, a beer <laughs> festival <laughs> yeah we ran into a couple it's just we're like uh, we, we're using alcohol to promote charities that have nothing to do yeah. with it but yeah. um, I'm into it I mean yeah. that's fine <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw in and I had this one it took me a long it's been out for a few months and it took me a long time to get it because I thought wow they don't give you the option to just buy six you gotta buy all 15 so if I hate this I'm gonna hate it 15 times over um, I'm a big as far as session fans go I like all day IPA just as like you know, family and friends are over. Don't screw this up. You know, don't go to bed early. Just a nice session sure. cruiser. I mowed the lawn. But they released All Day Vacay uh, earlier this summer. It's the wheat version. And I was when I first got into craft beer, I really like wheat beers. Gumball Head was one of my favorite. And then slowly I lost my taste for it a little bit. And I, you know, I don't find a whole lot of them out there. So the fact that founders would mass produce a giant wheat session, I thought was... A, a tiny bit ballsy, and uh, I had them, and, and they're great. It almost tastes like a diet gumball head. Okay. Mm. It's just like not as weedy, but also not as not as you know heavy. But it's just I it it's really like good. a diet Oberon a little bit. Like it was like their take on Oberon, but they're gonna like put in less. So it's in know. the same vein. Yeah, yeah. It was, but it was really it was really good for for what it was. It's not gonna win any awards, but if you want all the taste of wheat beer and the, the ability to drink them all day, like it was it was pretty great. Sure. And we, we told you guys a minute ago, this is a great chance to promote your own beers or talk about, you know, some beers you're, you're pretty pumped about. So take the free advertising and run with it. Brewer Ryan Thompson. All right. Well, um, I'm a pretty modest person, so I'll, I'll let Jamie talk about our beers if he wants. But I'll, I'll talk about uh, two beers from two, two people that I know that I really, really like a lot. Uh, one, um, Phil Wymore, he, I worked with him at Goose Island for a number of years. He owns a brewery, uh, called Perennial in St. Louis and they're fantastic. And he has a beer called Abraxas and this normally wouldn't be up my alley, but it's an Imperial stout with like chocolate, uh, there's like ancho chilies there's like a lot of it's like sweet and spicy and like cinnamon is in it and it's like all these things that i would not normally care for in a beer but it just balances so well and it's so drinkable too i mean it's like a 10 percent beer or something um Fantastic, and everything they do is wonderful. And then the other one, a lot is, of their stuff, their their barrel aged stuff is pretty highly sought after. Like, it's yeah, a big, it's a big deal, hard to get. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, they 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 did it right. They're doing like boutique beers because there there's only so much space on on shelves. Yeah, so. He's like, I don't want to do an IPA because yeah. there's 80 IPAs on, <laughs> on the shelf. So I'm doing more like barrel-aged sour stuff, barrel-aged stouts and stuff like that. And uh, they, they do a fantastic job. They've been open like 10 years now. And like their head brewer actually started his own place called Side Project. And Another huge deal. Yeah. And they're they're fantastic. Corey King is his name. And they're, they're fantastic. But Phil's a buddy. And that beer is like the one that really kind to put them on the map so um i i, I would uh, i would say that beer and then locally right down the road from us at yakida uh they have a beer that i love when, whenever he makes it it's called 1635 i believe i have no idea what that number means i've never asked but it's uh, english mild so it's super low alcohol it's like 4.2 percent and uh it's not dark mild it's it's lighter like you know amber ish color mild um but it's fantastic super drinkable and i love it and i can drink like six and still oh 
feel good about like yeah getting yeah. stuff done w- w- yeah <laughs> like walking a straight line to the bathroom yeah well, we've been know? talking about too like with all the breweries coming out of Velcard. i mean you can have a little bus tour that stops in at westwind and hits up yakida yeah. and a goes little hop you guys. trolley which also yeah. I, I think i said wedgwood earlier but i meant westwood uh, yeah yeah no ww like yeah so westwind yes yeah. and then uh now we'll move to uh general manager uh jamie cross what are you what, what are you gonna throw in again Take the free advertising, bro. <laughs> well, I'm going to probably butt up with you on uh, wheat. We've got our white, white rump wheat, and, you know, the summertime, it's hot. I like to grab a glass of that with the citrus notes, even maybe add a little citrus to it myself with a wedge on the side. I don't know how Ryan feels about that, but well, I that's fine. that myself. <laughs> um, Once when it's at the table, I don't care yeah, what yeah. you do with it. <laughs> and, you know, not to mention that at Brass Oak Brewing, we also have some guest taps. We do different sites and goza right now which i really enjoyed uh having a glass of the goza so those would probably be you know more of my background i'm still educating myself on uh on the beer and and price point that we're at and the all the nuances of beer i can equate it really easy because my forte is, is wines i've worked with wines my whole career uh, and I'm seeing a lot of those different parallels, and I'm really excited again. You know, shameless plug again with the beer dinner coming up because the uh, uh, the head chef Mike Horvath is going to work with uh, Ryan Thompson here, our brewer, and create a great dinner. So we look forward to that. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. And, and and also with our, our guest apps, we carry a couple Ash and Elm ciders, and they're fantastic too. Like right. I, I I I like drier ciders. I don't like sweet like, Ash and Elm out of Indy yeah oh okay yeah they're they're terrific uh, we we have one uh, fleeting youth yep, fleeting is that what it's youth. called and it's like um, raspberry and like lemon Love zest that. and like uh, it's it's really good and it's balanced and I don't know it I, sounds so good yeah it is it, it's fantastic I, I like them perfect yeah you can hit the gamut you know one thing that i do want to add to that i really appreciate about ryan's brewing dynamics is that you know you think sometimes you work in your restaurant you live in your restaurant you're like i don't want this this food's getting old to me i want to go somewhere else but i can't ever say that about our beer our beer is our go-to i probably wouldn't travel to go have anybody else's beer i got it right wow yeah thanks thanks, man we're always excited about a new place opening up within driving distance and uh the more craft breweries this area can support the uh, the better and Ryan Thompson the brewer we'll talk with Jamie Cross the general manager in just a second but Ryan how many beers do you guys do uh, like what's what's in the what's in the brass elk stable as far as you know what could, four to five five to six three two seventeen twenty one <laughs> uh, somewhere in between all that uh, we have about seven I think we have seven beers on mm-hmm. tap right now um, excuse me uh, we have. Uh, an American wheat, a pale ale, an IPA, an amber ale, an American brown ale, a stout, and a saison. I think I said yep. seven. Covered them. Yeah. So that's what we have on right now. How many total nice. taps do you guys have at We have 12. Okay. Yeah, so right. we have. We're on there. What? Rest out with guest taps. We have, we have PBR that's always on. And then. Um, good pick. Yeah. <laughs> we always have like some kind of like cold. a sour beer, you know, uh, guest tap. And then uh, a cider or two. Oh, so not bad. So yeah. as far as like as of right now, your uh, recipe book of all the different beers that you have created and and want to create. How how many beers would you say you know you go through in a calendar year of creating? Do you typically create new beers every time, or do you stick with the same stuff, or what sells? Well, that's a good question. I mean, we 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 just open. So right now, I'm kind of concentrating on 
keeping these mm-hmm. on tap and then introducing a new one here and there and then see how that goes. And it's then, kind of like yeah. being a drug dealer. Like you got to get the public initially hooked right. up what you got before you start sprinkling. <laughs> well, that's a new how I consider stuff. myself as yeah. a drug dealer. Yeah. 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 Super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, alcohol is a drug, I suppose. <laughs> what? No, it's a necessity. <laughs> it's like and, caffeine. And then, uh, yeah. Jamie, Jamie, you're in the restaurant part of it. You're the general manager. As far as a food offering goes, are you guys, are you changing them? How often do you guys change the menu? Is it seasonal? Is it what you can get what's available what kind of what you can pair with the beers that are on do you have some staples again a little bit of all that stuff uh well we do a seasonal menu uh because we do work uh locally with uh our farmers we have great root farmers in the area uh microgreen farmers fresh produce farmers actually the farmers market on saturdays is right in our uh little division there at 333 nibco parkway um, Shout out Nipco Parkway. So what you're saying is that we should come down for the farmer's market and stay for the beer. And yeah, the obviously. obviously. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we do a seasonal menu because uh, we're not trying to serve tomatoes in, you know, November. So we right. want to utilize uh, the products that we have to the best of its ability. And, you know, again, just elevate the food. Work on things that are fun. Work on things that our guests like that they won't have going away. We tried to pull a couple things off the menu experimenting and we're, we're trying to we're starting to find uh, what our demographic is, but it's still uh, heavily based on our smash burger and our handhelds. And then we do a lot of creation work with uh, feature salads, feature entrees. We do have three or four entrees on the menu now with sides and appetizers again. Mm. And Brian, looking forward to because it's you know it's going to be August here in a hot minute. Um, how far ahead are you looking at? What am I going to brew for December? What are we going to have on for the winter? Sure. Like, how far do you need to look ahead for that? Because I know you can't just say, oh, man, it's November. We're going to have a stout on in, like, four weeks. Let's get cracking. Yeah, good good question. We, we actually just Tuesday got two new serving tanks. So mm. that's very helpful. Um, uh, I, I don't really have room for, like, barrel aging there, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, we could get creative and maybe take it to, like, a storage unit or something, but I just, I, I don't know. I mean, if you, you go there, there's not any excess room in the brewery. So, I mean, I would love to be able to do that and, like, release something December, like a barrel aged Imperial Stout or a barley wine or something like that. But... Obviously, December winter warmers are great, so I would like to do like an imperial stout, a barley wine, maybe like a Belgian dark strong, um, something like that. I mean, you got to know your season, know your customers, and um, you know, probably not doing like a whole bunch of super light beers in November, Mm -hmm. December. You know, I'll always have one or two on, but you know. Perfect. Not gonna flood the tap list with yeah, and, 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 <laughs> right? You know, like like, two, like a couple of months ago, we had uh, we had Andy, the guys from the Crooked U, in, and they were you know we asked he's, him about, a, he's a terrible guy. <laughs> yeah, well, we asked him, we asked him, we said you know you guys are always packed all the time. Always is there thought about moving to a bigger building? And he was very blunt. He said you know we've got a great facility right now, and, and yeah we're we're busy, but this is kind of how we like it, and we're not looking right now. That might change down the road, but right. 
it's the same thing with you guys. You're you're in a spot that you're able to get the most out of, and for now, that's that's going to work. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe the, when Zach and I open our barrel aging slash sipping facility somewhere down the road, we'll have a the blendery. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll carve out a spot I'll, and be like, you know, you guys I'll, can uh, send it over there, but we will we'll take part in that. I'll I'll, I'll help out. Yeah, so, you know, maybe, maybe I said too much. The music of my beer is blendery. We'll be uh, we'll be talking to some people soon. All right. Oh, okay. So um, as far as what's coming out, what we can look forward to, I know that. That um, I saw that Upper Hand Brewery is they're kind of like a knockoff of Bell's, so they were just like it's actually a vanity brewery started by Larry Bell exclusively yeah. for the UP. Yeah. Oh well, now they're going statewide. In Michigan, I, did you guys hear about that? I heard about that because there's only X amount of people, and I used to live in the UP, so there are there are some craft beer drinkers in the UP, but the vast majority of people that live up there are not into the craft beer scene. So they're, they're just here. not. They're like Bush Light, you know, Milwaukee, yeah, the, the Beast. I've spent some time up there, and yeah. So yeah. I think in order for him to, to start making more as, as an offshoot brand, like he's got to sell it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the, it goes back to the whole uh, shorts enigma where they're like, no, we're only going to keep it in the state, and a spotted cow out of Wisconsin has managed to kind of do that and be regional and you can only get it like kind of yeah. Chicago on up. Um, but the are, thing are is, they is even in Chicago? I want to say that they might be at Benny's. When, when I when I first moved there, they were and then they pulled out completely and, and went, just went to just, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. That so. to me is such an interesting business model to think, no, we don't want well, to grow beyond well, our borders. Well, that, that's the thing that you're talking about Wisconsin. No. There are more bar stools than people in that. That's <laughs> really, there are. And that's not a joke. My, uh, and like, uh, like they can be, I mean, they're huge. They, they do new Glarus does what? Like 200,000 barrels a year. And that's all Wisconsin. Wow. That's an, incredible. Uh, that's insane. My brother-in-law yeah. and my sister lived just outside of Milwaukee. He was at, he was at the bucks parade earlier this week, but they got married in the cross, which is like way up there. Mm-hmm. And we went into some of the dumpiest, like diviest awful bars you've ever been in. And they've got like three different new Glarus on tap. And right. it's just funny to see like this beer that's relatively sought after here served in this, you know, toilet of an yeah. establishment. You're like, this he, is great. You probably find something like, serendipity on there like which yeah. is like a crazy beer that they do that you can't find anywhere and you go to some dive bar in lacrosse and find serendipity or yeah. or raspberry tart or whatever a place that looks like i'd just be glad if my beer didn't have like cigarette ashes at the bottom and they've got a spotted cow and they're like right. fresh clean it was brewed two weeks ago yeah. go for it well now i'm looking forward to going above the border in michigan and trying some upper hand see yeah. what all the the youpers were but ra- it, ranting and raving about i'm sorry did you say that they're now like statewide they're they're gonna be statewide michigan well, yeah so they're coming down south they've actually teamed up with an ann arbor distributor so they're gonna be in and around there that's cool so I'll, we'll just go above the border and try some upper hand stuff i I love bells i love everything larry does and like their whole team so i feel like he's done a lot for the the brewing industry too oh yeah i mean he's probably you know if there's like a mount rushmore of like top four people he probably squeaks in there i mean or you know if there's like a a 10 people he's definitely in there but yeah sure i went to college at western like grew up just outside of kalamazoo and it was funny to see because i'm about your age ryan Mm -hmm. what bells was when i was at school versus what it is 20 years i mean it was big then it was it was big yeah but then how much bigger it's gotten and the same thing as founders like founders moved to that new location they opened that enormous brewing facility their whole barrel house now yeah they got all the money from europe and then uh how big they've gotten but it's it's just wild to know that every year for the last five years two-hearted which i've been drinking my entire adult life is like the most revered you know 
one of the biggest IPAs in the country. Yeah. Oh, well, and I, I, I worked at Goose Island, and when I started there, we were... 40,000, 50,000 barrels a year. And when I left, we're 150,000, you know, within like five, six years. So it's, you know, you get the right people in place. And um, the one guy that was our uh, brewery manager, he left and went to Sweetwater in Georgia and they were tiny and he made them huge. So there's something there. Yeah. He's, he's really good. (laughs) Really, really good at his job. He knows how to like automation and things like that. So, um, something else, and we're going to get to your guys's beer dinner event. Um, August 21st, it's out a little ways. Uh, bare hands is having their double tie day. Um, I know that they're going to do, uh, obviously the double version, but they've got a couple of different variants this year and we may, may be out there. Got to check with Chris and see. Yeah, bro, we'll do it for a couple of drafty boys. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then so. really really quick, uh, Ryan Thompson and uh, Jamie Cross from Brass Elk Brewing in Elkhart. What do you have coming up? You don't have to, hey, you know what, uh, Jamie, you don't have to give us all the details on the beer dinner. Just tell everybody where we can find out information when you guys make it official and public. Well, just stay tuned to social media and or our website. Uh, we're still... Uh, babies in this industry trying to get our feet off the ground with staffing is kind of difficult right now but we're pushing pushing hard uh, guys are working real hard long hours to bring these type of events so it's going to take us a couple more weeks to get things situated and get uh, ryan and mike working together on uh the tasting aspect of it but just stay tuned to social media and you know pretty frequently on tuesdays at least once a month we'll be doing some sort of uh, dinner whether it be a beer dinner a tequila dinner uh just various forms of good fun good food good service perfect I like that ryan anything you want to add on the uh, on the out Actually, this is the first time I've heard about the tequila dinner, so I'm really into that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, stay tuned. You know, I'll, I'll have uh, new beers coming out. I can't tell you what they are right now. I don't know. I top secret. Well, no, I, I, I literally come down just and don't belly know. Up. That's yeah, great no. to figure it out. Uh, yeah, I, you know, but we'll 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 get it out there when when you know when we know, but. We'll look stay, stay tuned yeah all right cool. perfect well awesome. appreciate um, it guys yeah on behalf of zach and myself it's great to finally meet you guys and we were you know excited to have you be part of the you know the music to my beers posse so if we ever have a street that's, fight and fight another be beer here. podcast from another state you guys are gonna be backing us up that's yeah. it yeah. yeah with baseball bat yeah, yeah. there we go <laughs> like the baseball fleet I, I fight dirty okay <laughs> we'll take it but uh, uh guys thanks for coming in on behalf of zach and myself cheers thanks yeah, guys hey. cheers Podcasts by Federated Media.